0: This episode contains strong language. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Good evening, everybody. We are the 22 Dropouts. We're a YouTube show and a podcast available on Spotify and Acast or anywhere else that you get your podcast streaming. We're just a bunch of uh, friendly rugby referees from around the world having a get-together, having a drink, uh, uh, talking about rugby and hopefully making you smile as well. Uh, So if you fancy something different to do during the lockdown, make sure you subscribe and download our other episodes from uh, YouTube if you can watch them or wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, don't forget to connect with us on our social media channels, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Just search 22 Dropouts. Um, and while you're on lockdown and you've got all list of jobs to do, go make sure you download all of our episodes and then you can be painting away or digging away quite nicely with a smile on your face, instead of bored wishing that you could go back to work anyway uh joining me from my 22 tonight we'll go straight over to malta first of all and it's sam good evening sam how are you doing hey how are you doing mikey how are you doing boys you all right lads yeah, yeah good thank you yeah, very good,
1: much
0: thank you uh we always like to uh to promote uh, responsible drinking but we do like to promote some uh Uh, some local and different uh, beverages as well so uh, Sam uh, there's another bottle of red wine in your hand what are you drinking Uh, today?
1: It's
2: what to be fair it was Sunday yesterday so it's what's a little time from yesterday so I thought I'd just uh, give the old Shiraz another crack you know as you do Uh, Um, um, it is a lovely Shiraz a Caravaggio from Marseville Wine in Walter I've got
0: a uh, a, a nice little one from Yorkshire Heart called a Blondie. it's a a really nice tangy uh summer drink which uh in in deference to the summer we've already had and we probably won't ever see again for 2020 um that's my my summer drink this year uh so uh, cheers to you Ooh. sam from uh, my blondie to your shiraz well what, what? She, was, she was a blonde was she um you might well think that i couldn't possibly comment
3: <laughs> i mean you're to <laughs> so, of you know you you'd probably stop digging now
0: <laughs> uh, anyway, we're going to another Sam now over in Lincolnshire. Sam, how are you doing bud?
1: Yeah, I'm good. Is that your phone ringing? No.
0: Who, who's phone ringing then? I bet, Sam, I bet it was your daughter's, wasn't it? I bet she's going to come out the <laughs> toilet. And, is that the toilet door in the background, by the way? <laughs> What's Is that the bathroom door in the background? No, no, that would be my bedroom door. Oh, uh, if she's coming out of there, we've got a problem. Anyway, um the how are you doing bud
1: yeah i'm good thanks mike uh trust everyone else as well um i'm on the water
0: you do know that the rfu selectors do not watch this all right we're far too <laughs> free for that so you don't have to keep saying you're on the water every week We because know you're not
3: <laughs> so tell us about just jane is that the your RF latest the girlfriend the rfu selectors do tell him he needs to lose weight
1: though no. Exactly, and uh, as uh, some uh, RFU panel uh, AR said to me once, the video never lies, does it, Mike?
0: Anyway, that's how I found PJ. out I was bald until then, I didn't realize, especially this beer. <laughs> 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 I
1: can't see that unless it's on the Come uh, so, <laughs> on, you're just Jane, then, so. Third attempt, uh, yes, yeah, so it's a uh, local beer from the same. Um, fab uh, brewery as, uh, as before. Very nice. Chris, how
3: are you doing? Good to Melbourne. How are we, gents? Mate. Don't, so, <laughs> listen. I, I'm fully embracing mate. the lockdown. I'm mate. fully embracing it. I've got I've got, I've got no one to impress. I'm living in a house with my mother and my sister. I oh, ju- oh, like, what is that? I, I'm you, you're trying to get a
1: sponsorship hand. from Gillette.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just hoping
3: they'll
1: see uh, it and I...
0: give me a razor. I'll pity mate. Can I just say, Harry's, uh, yeah, I used Harry's this morning, look at that, uh, and you can see that Chris did not. So, Harry's, if you want to sponsor Chris, uh, in the meantime, I think uh, Chris is going to become a big cock for tonight. Chris, Chris, Chris. we're
3: five minutes in and we've got our first big cock
2: in the night, fantastic. Chris, did you just just say that um, uh,
3: you're embracing it? Well, I'm, tra- I'm trying to anyway, mate, like,
2: try I, I I'm trying to embrace it rather than embracing it. To, to be fair, mate, I think the hair on your face is definitely not trying to embrace you. It's trying if I can run away. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: dear. Chris, what are you drinking tonight before we... Uh, mate, I, uh, just, just chin up as well. What,
2: no, that? I'm, I'm not doing that. Chin? I'm not doing that,
0: no. <laughs> I'm not betting no. myself on that
3: your daughter just walked in again, Sam?
2: Yep. Yeah.
3: Oh, for God! <laughs>
0: I'm missing
2: it. Me, <laughs> you might as well been... get her on camera at this
3: point. No, <laughs> so, no, should
2: no. We just get, should we get, be, should we get your daughter on the show? No, mate, she's camera shy. <laughs> she, like, she doesn't look like, you like it. Every no, 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 she's camera shy. She always goes in the background, only. not they? <laughs> right, uh, anyway,
3: <laughs> um I, I couldn't get any local brew again. Um, ha- there was one local brewery, but that was um, Carling, and I'm not drinking Carling, because it tastes like piss. Um, so I'm on London Pride <laughs> so, night. But I so well, not gonna on... Carling's not
0: going to sponsor the podcast now either?
3: <laughs> well, it does taste like piss. <clears throat> Do you disagree? Do you disagree?
0: refer to the honourable gentleman to the comments I gave some moments ago. You may yeah. well think that I couldn't possibly comment. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, but I will shout out uh, Limestone Brewery Stone the Crow. Uh, it's 6.2% stout and it is fantastic. Lawrence,
0: how are you doing, mate?
4: <laughs> <laughs> I am doing good, Mike. Thank you.
0: Uh, excellent. How's how's your water diet, seeing as you can't get any beer in, Kenya.
4: <laughs> I've actually tried today, I'm on a soft drink called Panta. Ooh! Lovely. Mm.
0: Yeah,
4: yeah. Well cheers there buddy. There you
0: go. Yeah. So, um, that, that's all we've got tonight. In fact, Tom might be joining us a little bit later on. The heat. But in the meantime, I don't know whether how many of you uh, actually listen to any other podcasts or shows or even listen to, you know, given the sort of rumours that we've come up with, I'm surprised that any of us actually know what a newspaper is. Um, but I have this thought, if when we come out of this, we could press control, alt and delete and just reset rugby either locally or nationally, wherever you are, or even internationally, um, what would your sort
2: of vision be about four words? Uh, now you can have a bit longer than that. Um, Sam? Um, yeah, I had a bit of a think about it. I mean, I think that there definitely has to be changes uh, to the way that they operate, including, you know, like possibly, you know, the, the pay structure for for players um, and, you know, maybe even making it open, like general knowledge, so like open book. Um, uh, that way, you know, the, it's, it's more clear and obvious for anybody sort of breaking the, the salary cap rule. Um, also, I think that the way that the season is structured, um, I think it needs to be more of a global. So I think that, you know, you, there is that idea that the Six Nations play their games, the, the championship, which I think will become bigger than just, you know, the four teams that are currently in it. Probably get some teams in from Japan. The winners of them could play each other. Even like the the rugby, you know the the European Champions Cup. Um, I think that would be looked at and possibly done in a different format as well. Doing the relegation and uh, you know promotion for Six Nations as well. Some people are talking about um, ring fencing the the, the the English Prem um, and possibly using like the the, the champion yeah, that the Championship as a second tier in, in England as a. A feeding ground for for some of the clubs but then they're also saying well that's what the academy is for within all the premier clubs. Uh, Lawrence, what would you do press control or do reset would be, how
0: would it
4: look for you? I actually have a similar thoughts to what uh, Sam is talking about. Um, I'll actually put or <laughs> rather <laughs> have sort of a common language of how the seasons are going to be structured uh, both in the, in the northern and southern hemisphere. And also, if it's possible, all, all the um, affiliates of World Rugby to have a similar uh, sort of uh, league structure and uh, seasons. If there's something that you could restructure about Kenyan Rugby, what would it be? <laughs> First, I should say that uh, you have uh, actually uh, cancelled the... the Earlier decision to cancel the 2019-2020 season and uh, it's still put uh, on hold so the results are still uh, are still there not uh, really declared null and void but in kenya uh, probably i would have lengthened the seventh season because that's actually the epitome of uh, rugby in, in africa or rather in kenya that's quite big news though isn't it, because last week we
0: were talking about how the, uh, the Kenyan rugby was looking forward to this email and, uh, from the clubs, but they'd already decided to cancel the, the season. So they've, they've actually done a U-turn on that, is that right?
4: Yeah, sure, sure.
0: So what were the reasons behind that? What's, what does it mean now for the season?
4: Um, so the season is still put on hold, but uh now if we think if we actually look at how things are now uh there will, will actually be uh, a restructure of the season because uh the capital city in Nairobi, which holds around uh, five, five teams playing in the top tier league uh, is actually put on lockdown so no one can really access it for the next uh, 21 days if you then look at uh, the period of which players are expected to train, so that they can uh, get their momentum back, at least get their body in shape, it's uh, another around uh, one month, and the seventh period circuit was scheduled to begin in July. So, it can it can bring a little bit of heat-ups, uh, but um, still waiting for to see how how the actually season will go on. Very interesting because I
0: think because of the split season in Kenya, there's a good chance that and uh, it's probably the right decision for them to just to take the foot off it, that break a little bit, and say we've got a chance to uh, to still play some rugby this year. Let's let's just wait and see. Uh, Chris, how would you set it?
3: Right, I'm going to be a bit controversial here, uh, and I might. Not, I might
0: not... You're always controversial, and that's because <laughs> with that beard, you're
3: uh, a. Because... <laughs> 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 Um, I, I, I can do it in four words for you as well. Get rid of scrums.
1: Mm. What? Is that, is, that be, is that because you don't understand how to referee him, Chris? Or?
3: Exactly, <laughs> Exactly. You've got it uh, nailed but, on the head. Yeah, but, no, but, that's a big call.
1: Everyone, everyone's,
3: everyone's trying to con each other. The loose trying to con the tight head. The tight is trying to con the loose head. Both of them are trying to con the ref. No one really knows what's going on, apart from the people who are in there getting hurt while it's happening. And it's just a pointless venture at this point, really. Even, especially what's seven on? scrums. Seven scrums, three-man scrums. How can you penalise that? It's ball in, ball out. It's might, it might as well be a free kick, man. So, oh. what you're saying is scrap
2: rugby
0: union and let's all go to rugby
3: league. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm not saying <laughs> rugby union Let's all go to rugby league. So I'm not saying get rid of line outs, and I'm not saying like, that you, there's no
2: rocking. Oh, Chris, what are you saying, man? I've said
0: it. I've said it. All right, boys. What uh, right, is Mike, he? Should, He's Mike, A. You, you,
3: there
2: you it go. To... It's coming. It's coming. Yeah, Mike, you need to Come edit a Come on, the gentlemen. That.
0: <laughs> Guys, yeah. we, all, we all know what he is, so let's say
2: it out loud. Ma- He's
3: A. No. B. Cool. Hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> put, uh, uh, unpopular opinions
2: hurt. No, no it's late. definitely... It's definitely an unpopular opinion. Um, I, would, I would say on that note that there could look at possibly changing some of the options that is a scrum option where you could take that out and make it a free kick. But I would not get rid of scrums because that is a fundamental of our game of 15-a-side rugby. Remember that rugby 15-a-side is rugby. It's not sevens. It's not X rugby. It's not touch rugby. Sam doesn't beach rugby. It's 15-a-side rugby.
0: So I I I, I'm with Sam on a little bit of that. You see, I, one of the things I would do is I'd remove that option after a penalty at scrum for another scrum because all you're doing it's, it's the same as when we get that. Well, we've just had a little bit of a dust up. Uh, and things like that. What we don't want to do is restart with a scrum because we're putting a tent a boiling pot back into a boiling pot again. So let's take that out and let's say no, you can either. You've got the penalty. You can kick the goal, kick the touch, or tap. What you can't do after a
2: scrum penalty is opt for another scrum.
4: Okay. What's your
2: thoughts on, that? On, on on that yeah, debate? But, okay, but, what you're what you're saying here is is that. You could possibly be then be taking, you know, that the, there may be one team that is just very good at scrummaging and that's what they've got. And how can, how can you know, the game survive with take, and take that equation out for them? Then you're taking something that they're very good at. It's not their fault they're very good at, it's the other teams that have not picked up their skill level enough to be able to compete. So you're yeah, taking something away from them that's an advantage to them. Yeah, Scrummaging oh, is just one, aspect. On one aspect. of
3: the game that's got numerous aspects. Why should they be rewarded for practising one, one aspect of the game and doing it well, but they can't do the rest of the game well? Because I'm not you, you can have it. that for any
1: part of the game now, yeah. uh, Chris. Okay,
0: right,
3: so what how about
1: this,
0: what about when you get the coaches that come up to you before a game, and, and I get this quite often with certain teams, uh, so just to let you know, we scrimmage for penalties? You see, I... That, that, to me, is, is a negative part of the game. They are deliberately trying to do something to, uh, to buy a penalty. And from saying that from me off, that always grinds.
1: What's your, what's your response to that, Mike, when they tell you that? I, uh, I'd say, um, yeah, you may commit your penalties, but you've got to be legally dominant to get the rewards. If you're not legally yeah, exactly. dominant, you're not going to get the rewards. Yeah,
0: I would just say to them, thank you very much. Legal
1: government. Some of my things have already been said, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh, cover those up uh, again. But uh, well, if, you want to make... if you want to agree with me, you're you know quite <laughs> a few people.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's I, gonna I, agree. Nobody's gonna I, agree. With I, Chris, I, Chris just talked that his bum flap. I think he's got the
3: end <laughs> of yeah, it's it's <laughs> Mike. It's just think, right? This is entirely this is entirely hypothetical thing. We're obviously never going to get rid of scrums in the game of rugby. That, that's just a fact that will never happen.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with Sam on the um, making an international league. I'd probably go for um have like a second tier uh, competition, which they can merit and get promotion into your, into your tier one um, uh, competitions. And, and that gives an incentive mentioning their names here, Scotland and Italy, to actually pick the game up. Um, <laughs> um, or, or, or Wales um, or, or anyone uh, to, uh, to pick the game up and and say so it's not just so oh, we need to win one game a year not to finish bottom um, so
4: um, you've, you've got that you've got
1: that threat of uh, relegation uh, but other than that I, I'd probably say uh, make it like a world club challenge uh, so the winner of um, the European Cup plays the winner of the Southern Hemisphere make a Southern Hemisphere um, similar on. competition and and involve yeah. your your Tonga's your Samoa's your Fiji's and you know, involve everyone like we involve France we could maybe extend to Georgia Spain or if if we can do um, and and then have a World Club Challenge that, that maybe fits in and it's uh, organised over international weekend or whatever so that that. Uh, the best teams in the best players can play in that game and win a a world club challenge
0: i agree we need to be a more global game um saying i was going to say the world is getting smaller but as we've seen we can't go anywhere so actually the world's got just as big as it was in the 12th century again except that we've got zoom now um so unless you're going to do virtual rugby um (laughs) it's it's going to involve a lot of travel and i think that's one of the things that's holding back a big uh, a big global competition or even several tiers of global competition is is just the funding of where it's going to be uh i did like uh, mike tibble's idea that he came up with uh, about a global season so everything's played together uh, so our season in the uk in england would start uh, a couple of months later uh, and uh, it will be finishing about october time so that you've got uh, all of the big games that the big crunch matches or, or keeping the six nations in the same place So Well, okay, so I did have thoughts on what would happen for the seventh season now They are talking only about professional football. Guys at uh, you, you know uh, at your local third 15 a local vets team could actually still be playing in July and August on hard pitches, particularly when that's the, the holidays for a lot of people, the kids are out of school, they would be going away. Can grassroots teams afford for that change in the season? That OK, but what, about, what know, about the elite,
3: elite Sevens competitions that are held at sort of Championship and Premiership clubs? What happens then? Well,
0: to be, to be frank, Premiership Sevens should just be set off anyway. It's been no good ever since they got rid of the format that was the Middlesex Sevens. That used to be amateur sides, good amateur sides, who would compete with a handful of players or teams from the, uh, from the top tier. the uh, And then it became um, a, a totally money-driven exercise. Uh, and to be frank, all they did was put Academy lads in real quick. There weren't specialist Sevens players at all. Um, yeah, how does it affect the global sevens game well the world series happens all the way through the uh, through the year from uh, from November uh, all the way through to uh, to the summer so um, they are very separate players it's a separate game as sam mentioned before so therefore i can't see there being any impact on the grassroots leagues I, I think you're going to struggle to play fifteen side in the summer uh, we've we've seen it in in sevens in the last couple of seasons that we just cannot get the teams out because people are crying out particularly when it comes to sort of uh, middle to end of july people are, you know bodies are broken people can't, uh, can't turn out and play so i i see the two things as being separate uh, i do like the fact that uh, the, the, the professional game around the world is played on the same season um, it would be quite interesting. I like, I like to see the same broadcaster globally putting really big money in and taking the rights for every one of the competitions. But they can't choose, yeah. sure they take the lot. On a Saturday or Sunday, you would have the normal competition. And on a Monday night, every other week, you'd be at home with the academy, uh, guys coming back from injury, that type of thing. And it was a really good competitive league and it was a good staging post. Now, I do think that we've gone too much towards academies and pulling academies uh, in the younger and younger ages. And then, all they end up doing is grab people for a long time and they get out of right. But, um, you know, if, if we're going to do that, yes, sign them to your the academy and then give them one turn away to a championship club so that they can get game experience. Those championship clubs feed into the championship, and all of a sudden, you've got that two tiers of really good rugby coming through or bring back the A-league. Uh,
3: what do people think on that? I mean, we've yeah, still got it to an extent. It's just not used in the same way as it was.
1: There's not as many games though, either.
0: No,
3: I, I, I agree.
1: Thing. I agree with that. And that there's been, I know one example uh, of this. Oli Chester, he used to play for Kesteven in NLD. Um, he's gone through Leicester's academy, um, and he spent last year on loan at Nottingham. Now I've picked up on social media that is now signed for, for Leicester full time so to start in there next year. So that pathway is there.
2: Just on addition to something here, mate. Um I could be completely wrong here, which I probably am. In the English Premiership, do they have like a, a super Saturday kind of thing where every rivalry plays against each other? For example, yeah. you know, I think is it Gloucester versus Bath? Yeah. They're the rivals, right?
0: Yep. Yeah. So, no, they don't. They don't have anything like that. Um, so that that would be massive. One of those a Yeah, no, I agree. But I think that that relies on uh, a lot of goodwill from the broadcaster, um, because they would have to be staggered. They want to get, you know, in those sort of situations, you're going to have to cover every game, and you're going to have to televise every game. Um, so that would that would have to be carefully coordinated. Uh, Lawrence, how would you feel about the the uh, Kenyan champions suddenly competing in a uh a, a
4: sort of second tier global game um <laughs> i'll actually be frank and talk about um say african rugby uh, in terms of 15s but now if you look uh at a kenya national side going to play uh say a franchise side in south africa uh honestly you can't be thrashed um, so so badly cool okay
0: well um interesting isn't it that uh, um, I, I think we align uh, on a lot of their issues and then there's, there's others that are, are um, Christmas Pie in the Sky um, game with the scrums, <laughs> and uh, and a couple of other things. Um, but now is the time, isn't it, that we should, you know, World Rugby, uh, the Six Nations, all these stakeholders should be getting together on the Zoom meeting uh, and we've got some great hosts here who wouldn't mind helping you out if you really wanted to do that. Um, and they should, they should be throwing these ideas out, finally putting all the ideas into a melting pot, putting what they need out of it into a melting pot as well and just putting some ideas out and seeing where we can take this. Uh, Now is the best opportunity to reset the rugby so we'll have to wait and see. Anyway we're going to take a short break we'll be back right after this. When you need clear and concise match official communication systems Look no further than the brand new AxiWeb AT350.
3: Radios are always, they're always useful, they always help us, especially AxiWeb, where all three of us can be open at any time, we can have open communication.
0: Available now from refcomsglobal.net. Invest in profits into match-official development worldwide. Welcome back to the 22 Rockets. Uh, we're a YouTube show and a podcast. Uh, we're joined now by Anthony Petrie
5: from of the Breakfast Founder Manager over there. So, hey Anthony. How's it going, mate? Good to
0: see you. Yeah, fantastic, buddy. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Um, what time did we wake you up this
5: morning? Uh, I was still it was a good, decent sleep. I woke up at 730 a.m., so it's not too bad. It's, it's, it's a bit oh, earlier than normal in isolation, but
2: it's okay. I'll, I'll live through that. I'll apologise now for sending you the message at seven am. Then, <laughs> <It's> all good.
0: <laughs> he does like his early morning wake up calls. The then anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, how it is? Tell us first of all, Are you keeping well
5: and safe? Yeah, I mean we're still working from home, um, so we're still trying to to get rugby going, in not only Auckland but but in New Zealand. Uh, Keep myself busy, taking the dog uh, for many walks. Training, uh, PlayStation, uh, you know, just, just the normal stuff. What just are
0: you playing? Keep... Um, um, on so the It's
5: a PlayStation game. The best rugby game on, so on the games console?
0: Oh, John
3: Longer rugby, 100%. Oh, come
5: on, man. Not like
2: a nah, shot. close. John Longer rugby all the way. No. Oh. Chris, Chris no. was absolutely was shocking was, tonight, Chris. Mate, <laughs>
3: I'm not... <laughs> I mean, he shopping got last three weeks do you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> so, let, let, let's just establish a few things. Uh, first of all, Christopher can't grow a beard. He can't decide on the best um, games console, and then he wants to abandon scrum in 15th. Chris? I <laughs> mean, <pretty laughs> man, are you doing it's so? It's not going well for me, really, is it? It's not going well for me. But, Anthony, um, if, if you could reset rugby after the, the lock game, uh, and you could have a completely blank piece of paper to do whatever you want, from community game right up to internationals and uh, professional. How would you
1: change uh, it?
5: Within now, within the professional game, I would love a world circle where there's like a world series happening all the time, so we're all sort of playing each other on a regular basis. Um, is that is that international cre- level or club- international level? It would create a lot more interest in in the world game throughout the season instead of just the World Cup. Um, Financially, is that viable? Probably not. But that's what I'd love to see. Um, Within within New Zealand, club club rugby, we've got a pretty strong club rugby in, in New Zealand as it is, so just go back to how it was.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's why you sound quality. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, I apologies everybody, millions of viewers and listeners. I lost my microphone, so um, you were <sighs> probably hearing my bottom verse. Show yourself <laughs> the talk. bottle. Show yes, yourself I'm <laughs> going to show myself the <laughs> bottle. I think I am definitely a recipient of the
2: big. <laughs> <job>. <laughs> Hashtag
0: uh, Yeah, hashtag Big <laughs> Cock Award uh, That's for me tonight, thank you very much um, uh, Hopefully I've fixed that now uh, So yeah, we're not a serious show Anthony, as you've noticed Carry it's on good. anyway no, Bring it on
5: <laughs> <laughs> wrong there.
0: You, know, you know I have to edit this into something that we can actually put on the internet
5: Well it's been a great five minutes so far So it's, uh, it's going to <laughs> well, <I'll> be a you can again
0: then yeah, 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 you can come every week if you want. You're much better at this than we are. Uh, so, yeah, so, so professional level uh, within the club structure and having a global game
5: internationally? Yeah, I love a, a global competition. Um, but really that's financially viable, especially after the, um, the crisis definitely won't happen. Um, but I just think in between World Cups, there's not much really going on. And it's status quo. You've got the Six Nations, you've got the Rugby Championship. You've got all these tournaments that happen all the time it'd be good if there was something more viable and more exciting going on in in the world game.
0: So, I think you're right. We've got some great, exciting competitions at the top level. Um, But, I I mean, if you had a global competition, I think we'd be having a World Cup every year rather than every four years. Um, but I, w- I would like to see uh, a lot of those smaller nations getting a really good exposure, getting a great bite at the cherry, get, getting loads of, uh, of game time so that they can start to compete uh, and, and maybe have promotion relegation with, within those big competitions and have a second string.
5: What's your thoughts on that? 100%. And we do a real big focus on the Pacific Island nations and New Zealand, especially. And we'd love for World Rugby to open up and let ex-All Blacks, ex-Wallabies, ex-England rugby players who have Pacific Island heritage to then play for them. It would create so much more interest in the game and help other Pacific Islands so much. Um, That would be really, really cool.
0: Well, that's been talked about, hasn't it, over the the last week or so, that uh, people who uh, have that sort of heritage and are coming towards the ends of their career could go back and play for their, their country of origin.
5: Yeah, well, ex- exactly, and like many of the Pacific Islanders who have played for the All Blacks, they might have played less than 10 games for the All Blacks and then they go overseas for the money. I just think all the, the lights of the Italy's and all those six-nation countries who are, are you scared of...
0: Scotland, don't worry, we don't mind. You can say yeah, you Scotland... Can, you can say Scotland the crap, because we, we know... That, in fact, Sam knows they are.
5: <laughs> well, that's what it is, really, isn't it? You, you're scared <laughs> of what could happen
2: if they do go back playing for their heritage countries. Because yeah, absolutely. If, if, if uh, most of the players did that in Scotland, Scotland wouldn't have a team. <laughs> <laughs> Honest to the core, Sam.
0: Honest to the core. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so, Anthony, um, how did you get the, um, your recent... Because you were only promoted to referee development manager this year. Is that right?
5: Yes, yeah, so I was previously with Counties Men in Cal Rugby as a referee education officer. So I've been there for come on for nearly four years, um, and then Smudge McNeilage retired in Auckland, um, and then this this role opportunity popped popped up and applied and was given the opportunity to, to take it on.
0: Super. So just explain because uh, most of us don't know how does rugby refereeing work over in New Zealand. So for example, we have the societies in England and then the groups and then the panel structure. How is it structured in uh, in New Zealand?
5: So basically we have got what we call referee clubs. Um, so we've gone away from the societies or the associations. Now we're starting to call them referee clubs. And basically they're left to their own devices, They've got their own boards or their own structures in place. It's up to us to really develop and and manage the, the referees. And then from there they just go into the national squad. Um, and they'll be refereeing wider team, Far Palmer Cup, which is the national women's championship, the Heartland Championship. And there was 32 selected in New Zealand last year, and they get all that personal development from there and referee those those levels of rugby. But there's rip rugby underneath that, which uh, was split into three regions. So you've got the northern region, the central region, and the southern region. And they do like representative bees, um, and 85 kgs uh, development, um, all that type of coverage is underneath that national level. And they're selected within their own referee association, or referee club, sorry. Um, to referee those games.
1: Yeah, Anthony, I've got a question here. The RFU have got a young match officials program. Uh, do you have something similar over over there with yourselves?
5: Uh, no, not to my knowledge. No, it's just it's just the national squad, and then they and then they pick from the referee clubs.
2: There's no, there's no
3: specific program for like um, young match officials. So like in the RFU, it's 25 and, and under, um, and they're specifically targeted. And most societies have got their own sort of uh, young match official coordinators uh, and they have their own they have their own groups to try and push them
5: early and keep them in the game? Well, we used to have a referee academy um, and that went for a number of years and then they changed the system to have a national development squad. So it's very similar to what that is. There was no age restrictions or anything with it. It was just a development squad to then get them into the national squad. And then last year they changed the system, and it's just one big mess of squad now. So
0: one of the things you missed last week, Anthony, was uh, my superb performance. Watch it on episode three uh, at Twickenham um, with my <laughs> with my missing flag. So um, what's, uh, I, I can't let I can't let go go without asking Anthony what uh, what's been the funniest moment for you or the most embarrassing moment for you on the rugby pitch.
5: Where do I start? There are many, many uh, moments. I mean, I've been refereeing 17 years. The first one, which is very very early on in my career, is I was on exchange in the Auckland when I was refereeing in Counties Manukau. And I jokingly called for the TMO in a club game uh, when there wasn't a a TMO. (laughs)
4: my,
5: my, My brother was there at the game and he said the crowd were like, is there a Timo? Is there a Timo? No and everyone was very confused. And it was just me showing my personality. Uh, and from that, I got the nickname Timo for many, many years.
0: Now, there is one thing I want to ask you about. And I yeah. want to know if there's footage. And if there is, we want to see it. And millions of viewers on YouTube want to see it. <laughs> you caught the ball and went running off with it, didn't you, in a sevens game
5: know, uh, it was a 15s game last year. seven schools was game. 15s. Um, 15s. Yeah. So I basically anticipated the ball being passed in front of me because the team would be going same way, same way, same way all game. And then if you looked at it closely, the, the halfback actually picks up the ball, realizes there's no one there, puts it back down, and then waits a second and then passes the ball. At which time I'd already sort of taken off getting into the getting ready to get in the
0: next one. What position. he means is, Sam, he was out of position, wasn't he?
5: I was anticipating play.
0: Yeah! Oh, no, <laughs> listen, I've, I've anticipated <laughs> play plenty, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, so, Anthony, that makes you a
5: big. <laughs> It's not the first time Welcome I've been to the there and it won't be the last time, especially
3: in the referee fraternity. I fast. mean, to be fair, to be fair, mate, it's not as bad as uh, getting booted in the face for a box kick, is it, Sam? Wearing a white wrapping shirt. <laughs> I not
1: we didn't mention this one last week, Sam. His... Yeah, he decided he was going to kick off his left foot instead of his right foot and yeah, I got caught in the face. Sam's
3: nose was a
0: little bit red. So was his. Yeah. So was his. Is, is that because you were out of position, Sam? <laughs>
1: no, nah, I was uh, anticipating <laughs> that de- next direction of play. Don't uh, you hate
5: it when you're trying to do a good see, thing. See, I isn't.
1: told you. I told you. We all say that. It doesn't mean it's true.
0: We just all <laughs> say it. <laughs> um, I've got a question for you, uh, just dead d-
5: quickly.
3: Um, where were you when New Zealand got absolutely decimated in the semi-final of the <laughs> Rugby World <laughs> Cup? <court? laughs>
5: I was in Christchurch uh, in a in a pub drinking my sorrows away after the game. The worst thing about it is we went down there to catch up with some mates, and then we had some other mates go down the same weekend, just happened to be the same weekend, and they were English, and so we invited them
2: to the pub that night as well. And as you do, (laughs) oh, yeah, yeah. Well, mate Anthony, believe me when I tell you. I was the only Scotsman in England, I think, that weekend in Chester. And I was rooting for the All Blacks the whole time, mate.
0: He was definitely the only man in the bar. Now, bearing in mind, this is an, uh, an international sevens competition from people from all over the world. But there was only one man there supporting New Zealand.
5: <laughs> Good man.
0: Yeah, not, not on, mate. Not on. Anyway, back, back to the guest. He's far prettier than you. And he's got a better beard than you, Sam.
5: <laughs> not, not the, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so, um, how how would you change refereeing uh, and maybe referee education? What's your view over there and your uh, you know your vision?
5: Uh, in terms of education, it's the best way for us to learn as referees is on the field, and so we've got to really come up with ways to incorporate the real life learning in our education. So putting ourselves under pressure, putting ourselves under fatigue, and then having to make really big decisions to when we're in that state. Uh, so I think more on-field development in that type of way is, is, is the way going forward.
2: Yeah, agree with that 100%. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think there's so much at, you can
0: learn in the classroom. You need to be out and doing it with, with really good quality uh, assessment and uh, and assistance from coaches and yeah. observers and things. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's you know that's why we use the comms all the time now uh, because yeah. we can give that uh, that feedback um, during the game during downtime. We we can
2: just give them those little pet pet talks. Yeah, I mean it, it has to be a there has to be a live environment, whether it could be a live scummaging session, line-out work, or even malls something like that. You know where you, the, the the new referees can actually learn. That, the basics for, for set-piece and stuff like that because, you know, even tackle and rock. Yeah, exactly.
5: And referees are very good at keeping their own silos. So we're very much about us and we're not very good in expanding and getting out and getting amongst the referee fraternity and such. So we need to do more with teams during the week, um, doing a lot more of that type of stuff, using outside resources to, to educate us and help us.
0: As referees, people spend a lot of time uh, saying to us, you know, you are the, the sole judge of fact and law. You know, we, we, we do struggle. The best referees are the ones that don't struggle to, um, uh, to accept criticism and feedback. And those are others that do, that's where our, our own learning suffers.
5: Yeah, and, and, and after a game, a referee can be very defensive. They can come off the game and think they've had the best game ever. Um, and then they get told very quickly straight after a game, we did this wrong, did this wrong, did this wrong, did this wrong, and it just it just blows your mind. And of course they're gonna put up a wall and be real defensive with it. So we have come up with it. We use the grow model, but allows coaches to to ask what the referees' work-ons are and focus just on those two to three work-ons. And then they'll catch up either after a game, but we try and encourage it well after the game, either via phone call or catch up for a coffee or whatever. And they just go through that and that allows the referee time to digest the game, write down on a piece of paper what they think they did really well and what they could have improved on. People actually tend to forget, you've got one referee on there making quick decisions by themselves. Whereas you've got two teams of 15 making very quick decisions, but in a collective way, And and they're trained to make these decisions in in split second times.
1: Okay, and it sounds like you do a lot of work with clubs. Is that uh, encouraged within New Zealand?
5: Yeah, 100%. If they can get to a club, it doesn't matter what level, it could be Premier, it could be under 21s, under 85 kg, it doesn't really matter. As long as they can get to a a club training once a week or even once every couple of weeks, uh, it's beneficial to both the referee and the team as well because then teams don't get to understand. What referees are looking for. You can ask some law questions, and it's beneficial to everyone. So yeah, it doesn't happen all the time, but we encourage it a lot.
0: Lawrence, um, how does um, the coaching that you've heard Anthony talk about tonight? How does that compare to the the referee coaching that you get over in Kenya?
4: Yeah, just a pretty good points I've got from him. Uh, one thing is. Uh, asking uh, for the work on, uh, from the referee as a coach which um, that's pretty awesome because now when you're working with uh, what the referee wants to achieve uh, it's visit, it's uh, it isn't the work uh, that you're working with uh perhaps i've got one question for him uh is he's, he's just talk about uh, putting uh referring to real life situation maybe any in instances where that, that that can actually be in implemented.
5: Well, I try to get the referees to be the players as well. The referees then start to understand the player's mentality and it helps them make decisions on the field as well. So, that, that's one way of doing it. Also nice to talk to them pre-season about what,
3: what referees are looking for this season and what teams are targeting that season as well.
0: Actually, we're all here for one reason and one reason only. And that's to find out what all the juicy gossip is. So, uh, Anthony, we we have a little thing on our show.
3: You're taking a serious point and you just,
0: like, (laughs) shut all over it.
5: Not too serious, mate. Yeah, way too mate.
0: serious Time yeah. it makes them Timing. time <laughs> mate. Timing. We've, got to, move on. To bad, We've it? got to move on. Look, look, the edit the producer's doing this in the background saying move it, move it, move it. Um so um uh, Anthony, you? we because have you're just, you're just yeah, I've got I've got, I've got I've got a mirror, you see. Um I have got little screens <laughs> of me doing all the you know, stretch this out and wind this up. You know, it's all there.
2: So, uh, I'll, I'll do it. Do and I don't know if you figured this out or not yet mate but um, Chris and Mike are related <laughs> we wish we weren't but we are
3: yeah <laughs> like...
0: <laughs> stuck with that so <laughs> So, bearing in mind, gents, we're running out of time, and I'm trying to move this little section on. Um, <laughs> I, and thanks to Anthony, because it, it's great. And of course, Anthony's welcome back as one of the uh, as one of our guests, 22, anytime he likes. Um, now, Anthony, uh, the best part of our show, I think, uh, is uh, apart from the the drinking and the big cock, um, is the meal. <laughs> <juvenile. laughs> It's alright, tell me a YouTube show, I can say that, and it's definitely... No, you can't, we can't get
3: monetized if you keep saying fucking big cock.
0: We can't get monetized if you keep swearing and saying fuck either. You're the one (laughs) who said cock bird. A bird. It's (laughs) look, it's a bird. A cock is a male chicken. Christopher, did (laughs) I not teach you anything as a child?
2: Clearly not, (laughs) honestly. Clearly you didn't teach him how to shave anyway, that's for sure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I I, I did teach him how to shave, mate. The problem is I think his mother's probably blunted them all. Anywho, anywho. Your reaction, mate. Uh, Anyhow, anyhow, moving on. Uh, It's time to go to this week's Rumour Mill. I'm not going to do the silly voice because uh, they'll just say I'm one of these again uh, and YouTube, I haven't said it so you can monetize this. Um, so <laughs> for those who are listening to this and not watching, I pointed to a big cock. Um, we, we, we have um, quite a reputation here, Anthony, in that we um, we're completely crap at rumors, uh, but we like to try. Um, we, we are very trying in, in that. Um, so. If I was to say, what's the biggest rumor that you've heard, but perhaps nobody else has, in New Zealand or anywhere else in the world? What would it be?
5: Oh, jeez! What do I put me on the spot like that?
0: <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> yes, does it have to be real?
3: No, uh, it's got to be rugby related. Doesn't have to be real in the slightest. There is a disclaimer saying this may or may not be a hundred percent true.
2: Yeah,
5: uh, there
0: is a disclaimer, but um, uh, right now, any lawyers, barristers, or uh, uh, watching, uh, this is all on Anthony now, not us. Yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I have heard a rumor that Eddie Jones is leaving England and coming back to Australia.
0: Oh, Ooh. shut everybody up, mate.
5: That's, big. Yeah. That's the first. Is that after and it's, a, and it's as a result, to extend on that, Dave Rennie also putting a spot in, Australian Eddie Jones can and taking over the Australian head coaching position. Bring them back to
2: Glasgow.
5: It's because Raylan Castle has uh, left as CEO of Australia Rugby, Rugby Australia, and yeah, it's all yeah. going to fall into place.
0: Hey, that's interesting. So, um, in terms of timescales, when's this rumour likely to happen?
5: Oh, for the next couple of
2: months? No, he's just yeah, saying no, an extension to now, the contract. No, 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 no. Listeners
0: and viewers, you heard it here first on the 22 Dropouts, the only podcast and YouTube show that matters. We have our finger on the pulse and we have our ear to the rugby field. And you heard it here from Anthony, all the way from New Zealand, that Eddie Jones is leaving England and going back home. Oh, the guy that's on your screen now, he's the one to blame. <laughs> Not me.
5: <laughs> hey, it's just a rumor. It's just a rumor going on. Oh, Good we love stuff. rumors. Good stuff. We absolutely
0: Hi. love rumors. Well, yeah. uh, Anthony, it's been absolutely wonderful having you on, and a great insight into refereeing in uh, in NZ as well. And we hope you'll come back and join us soon. Anytime you like. Uh, anytime you're feeling a little bit of insomnia on a Monday, uh, and uh, you're up early, just send us a message, and you can it jump do on do the to one of the twenty-two. It- it's Tuesday Tuesday over there isn't it (laughs) it's (laughs) Tuesday Tuesday morning sorry I'm a
6: yeah thanks Again, Uh,
0: Anthony good night good evening and good morning to you and we'll see you again soon take care
5: buddy thanks Mike thanks
3: Sam thanks Chris Sam
0: Lawrence thank you very much
5: lads cheers
2: mate thanks Sam
0: Uh, welcome back to the 22 Dropouts this evening. If you want to know why we're all giggling, make sure you check out the outtakes. Uh, you will see why we're giggling, I promise you. Uh, we've left Anthony uh, over in New Zealand to go get in his breakfast, but we've been joined uh, by the, on the high seas by Tom. Tom, uh, where's your Yorkie, mate?
6: Evening, got nice. No, gone I've. Uh, I've uh, I thought that it's best for a diet that I eat it now and don't tempt myself. You've eaten
0: the all the Yorkie, haven't you, mate?
6: <laughs> I have. Out <laughs> now. Out, out. That's all done. Easter's over. No more chocolate left. Back in with the grind now. It is. And where's your Florence Nightingale cup? Look okay, at that. That's oh, the
0: nursing cup. That is. Show me you nurse that. That's it. Now, have you got orange juice or cider?
6: It's a it's a nice cloudy apple cider we've got in there today. Well, oh, You're turning into a proper carrot cruncher, aren't you, mate? Well, you know, I'm missing I'm missing the uh, the West Country at the moment, so I've got to give myself a little <laughs> taste of it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well. um... Uh, Anthony gave us a really good scoop. Christ, I hope that comes true just for our sake. Otherwise, we've just come up with the worst rumour in uh, history. Um, You're English, but, you don't hope that comes true. Well, uh, do you if know that what? I, I, true, it's the
3: worst news in existence.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I agree. agree it's it the agree.
0: worst thing. There might be somebody better than him. Um, talking of Australia, though, um, Sam, uh, Sam Ramage, you've got. Uh, You've got some news that's come out of Australia. They're, they're having a tough time, aren't they? they've They've almost gone bankrupt. Um, there's There's this rumour about Eddie and other news this week.
2: Yeah, so um last week, um the CEO of uh, Australian Rugby union uh Raylene Castle, who'd been in the position for about two and a half years, uh, resigned at the tail end of last week. Eleven former wallabies, World Cup wallabies, Who was led by Nick farr Jones um, sent a letter um, calling for a change in the ARU administration. Are they still recovering from the World Cup? I mean, it just, you know, we're we're talking about Chica quit as well after the World Cup. So, you know, what kind of mess are they in? I did
0: hear about the letter uh, that was signed. People like George Gregan were signatories to it as well. Uh, but it's a damning indictment of uh, of Aussie rugby, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it, it's just it, really, the way that the politics work there. I think it's just it's nuts.
1: Yeah, it seems to happen with all Australian <laughs> sports, Sam. Um, the, the, uh, <laughs> I seem to remember that the cricket uh, had the same sort of issue uh, maybe five years ago. Now, Chris. Um... Following
0: on from what Anthony said about Eddie leaving, there's been a huge amount of speculation, hasn't there, about Razi Erasmus and maybe one or two others coming to, uh, to England.
3: Well, yeah, so Razzy uh, Erasmus has been spotted at a few England games at Twickenham. Um, so there's potential there. Who knows? To be honest, I don't think he will. I think he's got his roots settled in South Africa. And he won't want to move on anytime soon, considering the success of the last World Cup. However, here is a list of ten potential candidates. Um, just throw. You have a list. list. I have a list. Wow! Wow! So just throw a yes or no when you hear the name and a bit of the background. So, Mark McCall, the current Saracens coach. Yes or no?
2: No. No,
0: uh, although he's probably looking for a new job that pays better than what Saris will <laughs> offer him.
2: <laughs> well, they, they spent it all on the players, didn't they?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do, does, it come with a, does it come with a house in uh, in Milton Keynes? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, next
0: one. Next one.
3: Um Bloodgate lead ring uh, ring master Dean Richards. Former title no director of rugby no. and Newcastle Falcons now. No way, after blood gap. I mean, what way. did
0: he serve, a two-year ban or something?
2: There's oh, no way.
3: Dave Rennie, the 54-year-old Kiwi, now at the helm of Glasgow Warriors.
2: Yes. Uh, no. Nobody outside of Glasgow's ever heard of him, so no. No, I'd say yes to that. You um, reckon
0: that's a good, good shout, Sam?
2: Yeah, I do. I think that's a good shout. Scott, here we go,
3: here we go. This will be good. I'm saying yes to this one straight away. Scott Robinson, all the way from the other
0: side of the world, from Crusaders. Isn't Scott Robinson the guy out in Neighbours? (laughs) 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 Wasn't he Carly Minogue's boyfriend?
6: Too old, that my the rest of us here have no idea. Oh, maybe Sam so The rest them of them us have no
0: idea what you're on about. Yeah, me and Sam are the <laughs> only two old enough to know that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I'm going to weigh in and say, say a massive yes to that one. He's worked absolute so, so, absolute miracles at Crusaders. He's young, he's enthusiastic, he's got a personality about him. Yeah, he, he's he would just suit England so well. Next one, Rob Baxter from Exeter. Yeah. he won't leave Exeter, mate. He won't leave there. I <laughs> so, don't think. As mu- yeah, as as much as we'd all take him at England, there is not a chance he's leaving Exeter. Graham Roundtree.
1: <laughs> oh, that's next one for you and your no scrums, Chris.
3: Well, yeah, he didn't. <laughs> <me. laughs> um, um, now the next I- one. The next Possibly. one says Warren Gatlin, but I just highly, highly doubt that that's ever going to be a thing. To be honest,
2: man. no. Because
0: uh, hey, what Trudy says, mate. If Trudy says she wants to go back, she, they'll go back because that's what happened last
1: time. Paul gusgard <laughs> No, I won't leave Quins.
2: No, he,
6: he's too, he's too soon into his time at Quinn's, I think really, he hasn't been able to do much, uh, particularly with them. But the team's building, getting better each season. <laughs> He's not really got his full team. I don't think that he wants some players yet. I think there's still people that he wants to bring in, still things he wants to try. So they're trying things out at Quinns. They're really trying to push. So I think he'll want to stick with them a little bit longer at least.
3: Yeah, no, I was listening to um, one of Will Greenwood's podcasts um, and he called it Gusted Greens for some reason. Don't know why. He said that like he's not done at Saracens. He's got a mentality and a, a, a way of learning there in at Saracen, uh, Saracen's Harlequin, sorry, um, and he wants to pursue that, and he wants to mm. keep on pushing with Harlequin.
0: Hang on, two minutes. Saris. When when I say the wrong name, you all laugh at me and call me one of these. <laughs> when Christopher says the wrong name, you all stay silent. What's going on? <laughs> I'm uh, but no one noticed on Fuck you. On the cus- on the custard rumor. Um, it wouldn't cost much in terms of a relocation, though, would it? Not exactly. Like we need to save every penny we've got at the moment.
3: Next one is uh Vern Cotter, however, his current salary with Montpellier is 830,000 pounds a
2: year. I tell you what, that's not actually a bad shout, Vern Cotter, and honestly, I think the SRU. You know, for all the good thing that Gregor Townsend is, I think that he just maybe possibly took the Scotland job one or two seasons early, needed a bit more time. That's just an opinion. However, I think that Van Cotton's an absolute shoe-in if that ever came up, mate. He's a fantastic coach.
0: Well,
3: he did take he yeah. did take Scotland to a World Cup semi-final, didn't he, mate? So you know.
2: Yeah, but let's not go into the refereeing decision there.
3: Yeah, totally. <laughs> Can, it,
2: we all know that we'd make the same decision if it was us refereeing that game.
3: No comment. <laughs> Moving quickly <swiftly> on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, last one, the last one on the, on the list is uh, Steve
2: Borthwick. Uh, no.
0: No, mm, no. I think he's just. I think he's a good specialist Hillary. coach. Uh, I think he's he, he's great at, at the technical stuff. I don't think he, he's he would be a, a little bit like Martin Johnson. I think uh, it'd be there there in name only in technical, but he wouldn't be able to manage them.
3: Hundred percent. Go on then, Boyd.
0: You've got throw one to me.
3: add. Have you got your own? Well, I was going to say throw us throw us your favourites out of the list. Ah, oh, uh,
0: My mine, my my, my my personal favourite, uh, and. Only, only because I know he, he's great at coming in and almost as a management consultant, coming in fighting fires, getting the job done would be Razzie. But La- Lawrence, who'd be your favourite out of that? If it was down to those 10, who'd be your favourite?
4: Um, definitely Rusty. I think he's just an exceptional coach.
0: Tom, uh, over on, and now, now that you've come close to landing, you've got Wi Fi <laughs> again on Daddy's boat. Uh, <laughs> and you've thrown all the Yorkie rappers over the side.
6: Uh, who's <laughs> yours?
2: <laughs> I care about
6: the environment more than that, Michael.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're going to have to
6: be green next. Be green, be be green. Care about the environment. First of all, I I just don't see any going. Um, I, I don't see we can go. That's a good new. shout that nobody's you know, thought about. Yeah, I, th- you, I just you, I just seriously think I know he's got the reputation of being somewhere getting a job done and going. Some people would say that he could have just gone. Great, it got us to the World Cup final, win, win, we got to the final. I'm happy, going to move on. Um, but he hasn't, he's, he's signed to stay longer, he's committed to staying longer. Um, I think that generally, since he's been with England, everything around his media, his image has stepped up that level. He, he's massive in the media, everyone knows about him. When he says something, we hear about it. And he's made some pretty bold statements. And I think he'd really screw up his own sort of uh, image if he then turned around and went actually i was talking a lot of rubbish and i'm gonna jump ship and go somewhere else i
2: tell you honestly since we're on about jones has anybody seen that film that came out the miracle of brighton no, no. you just want to watch it guys it's an absolute cracking film and you find out a real lot about uh, eddie jones mate it's a fantastic film
0: well, there you go—a ringing endorsement from Malta. Super. So sad. <laughs> Who would be your choice out of that list of ten? No, um, that, that's good. It's one thing I'm going to try and do during lockdown if I'm allowed to, between the decorating, the gardening, uh, and fixing this and doing that, and building this and everything else.
2: And trying to get a tan.
0: And uh, trying to, yeah, it's not, it's not doing badly at the moment. It always goes just here first. I wonder why that is. Tom? You didn't let Sam. You didn't let. Sam uh, say yeah. Well, it's the yeah, but you know
2: what the answer going to He had his true.
0: chance and he blew it. and he's going to go for Vern Carter anyway. So, he had yeah. um, chance. <laughs> Tom, talk yes. to us about Premier Rugby and BT Sport.
6: Yeah, so um, BT Sport, obviously a, a, a partner with um, Premiership Rugby for the last I think five seasons now. Uh, they signed, and, um, and only
0: one of us has been on rugby tonight, haven't they, Tom?
6: yes i've been on twice actually yeah, don't milk it son <laughs> just get on with it yeah, while well, you know anyway so so they've had they've had that the deals for for a while for them to have b t sport as their main and their only um, proprietor of, of their of their rugby um, that's a six year deal deals coming to an end at the end of next season, and b t sport did have a special negotiation window where we, where premiership rugby could talk to nobody else, but that window has now passed, which is cast massive doubt over whether BT Sport will continue with the deal past next season. Um, it's reported that they have had talks with Sky, which have also had not, no real clear outcome. So what could happen? I mean, there, there's, there's issues there in that perhaps they could lose their current deal, which is close to £40 million a year. Whether that means that goes to another subscription channel, whether it becomes more to free-to-air... Maybe it'd be good for the game, but we lose a bit of money. It comes through more free-to-air for people, boosts our uh, image, which would be great. So it'd be really interesting to see.
0: Well, Alex Payne will be quite happy because he's constantly mentioning it on his show that he yep. doesn't have a job anymore, thanks to BT. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Alex, we're rooting for you. <laughs> uh, on that. have you seen this week that um, anybody who listens to uh, James Haskell uh, on House of Rugby will, will know that he's not always been a fan of the PRA. Uh, sorry the RPA. Um, although he has joined recently uh, and they, they want him to, uh, to try and reinvigorate what's going on. Over over the last week, uh, up to a hundred Premiership players have actually um, said that they are very very disgruntled with what uh, what it's doing, and uh, they are thinking now more and more along the lines of what James Haskell was promoting a little while ago to form a breakaway Players Association. So uh, watch this space; that could be quite interesting. Um, uh, so um, over um, to be very quickly on that, Mike. Um, Ellis be um,
3: hot off the press. Elis hot Gench. off the press. Hot of the press. Elish Genj has said it's time to shake up the rugby scene. Um, and he feels players were poorly advised over measures taken by clubs as a result of the uh, as a result of the pandemic. Um, he says the new organisation will be independently funded to avoid conflicts of interest.
2: Well maybe you should I, I just think start, is... you should just start at the butcher shop since he likes talking about sausages a lot. <laughs> <laughs>
6: But I mean, I do, um, I do know what you're saying there, Chris, because obviously there was a lot of. Um, all the Premiership rugby clubs very quickly put their staff down yeah. to pay. And that was from playing staff, coaching staff, down to the ticket office, everything. Um, they did that pretty much immediately. Hey, you can tell that uh, Yorkie's missed the first two uh, two
0: sessions tonight, can't you? He's hugging all the limelight, isn't he? <laughs> um, over in Lincolnshire. I don't know why you want me to call you Sam in Lincolnshire, but there we go. We're going live to Sam. Lincolnshire. Hey up, Chris is going for gone. this Wee wee. <laughs> <laughs> Chris is oh, Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Good
1: oh any longer. <laughs> Sam, come on, shut up, Chris. It's Sam's turn. <laughs> uh, that, uh, one that could impact Sale if they if they break the law, they break the laws again. They've um, they've done a bit of underhand dealing uh, with uh, Van Rensburg. Van Rensburg's been given a two-week suspension, dates to be confirmed when um, we play rugby again. Um, There's also been fined quite a lot of money, um, for me anyway, don't know what he done, but it might be a lot for him as well. Fail <laughs> um, <laughs> have also been given a point deduction of five points, suspended for two uh, for two seasons. His agent has also um, incurred a financial. Um, um, I, I think most this well. is
0: because his agent wasn't actually registered. Is that right? Yeah.
1: Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So that yeah, agent's not registered, which is then is a domino effect, and clubs and the players have uh, enforced.
0: Uh, Chris, you've got another one today about uh, Sean Maitland.
3: I do. Since Anthony threw the threw the stuff about Eddie Jones at me, I thought I'd find some off the cork, but I did have something prepared. Uh, Sean Maitland. How'd make a change been... when
0: you've got something prepared and done your work? I, can't really do <laughs> I
3: just don't do my work for anything else. Um,
0: <laughs> well, there is that.
3: <laughs> Sean Maitland, uh, who has been at Saracen since 2016. Is looking to go back to Scotland uh, and join the Glasgow Warriors. Now, it's all speculation. Uh, and this has come off an unofficial fan page for the Pro 14 Club. But That's
0: what rumours are
3: about? Yeah, I know. But it's highly feasible that this could happen, considering the demotion to Championship. A lot of players have said, you know, no, we want to stay, we want to be the big heroes. I don't think Sean Maitland wants to be the big hero. I think he just wants to go and play good rugby, to be honest.
0: Uh, Tom's our resident guru for going back and finding out whether our rumours ever come true. Um, I think cool. rumours are three and us are nil at the moment you <laughs> be right. Um, anyway, I, rather than rumor, I, well, there is a little bit of rumor, um, but I, I, I've got some news. Uh, Asia rugby is voting for Pinochet. both of their votes, they have two votes. Across asia rugby are going to show. Um, now, if we look at some exit polls, and if this was the BBC, we'd have a swing off with uh, with Peter Snow on it, or something like that. Um, so the predictions last week were these. Uh, if we have a drum roll, um, Bill Beaumont was predicted to get. Thank you, Chris. Uh, 26 votes um, from the Six Nations countries. Japan, the European nations, mainly because he's got a French uh, vice president running with him. Europe was expected to to vote for Bill Beaumont as well as Africa, Canada, and Fiji. But it's been rumored that Wales was not going to vote for Bill Beaumont, but switch those to um, uh, to Pichon. Now, with fifty-one votes uh, and um, of them lost so he's looking at only getting 23 we could well see a change if that rumour is true plus at the same time it was also rumored that Ireland were thinking of switching their vote it is on a knife edge as far as I can see so thank you to my 22 in and out of the internet in Africa uh, thank you to Anthony from New Zealand tonight. Um, now, last week we talked a little bit about the amazing work that the Doddy Weir Foundation has been doing and the sad journey that Doddy himself is finding himself taking. Um, if you'd like to know more about uh, motor neuron disease, listen to the Dodcast. Did you see what he did there? Or the work of the Foundation, please head to my name is my name's doddy.co.uk. No, be careful how you spell that. For those of you who watching on YouTube, it will be up on your screen. And it will be up on your screen right at the end. But it is my name, then the figure five, doddy.co.uk. Uh, so it's with a five instead of an S. Uh, so um, every Friday in May, the Doddy Weir Foundation is holding a rugby quiz on YouTube. And they're asking for participants to donate. Uh, Just a couple of quid, less than the cost of a pint of beer to enter. It starts on Friday the 1st of May, uh, Kick Up the 80s, hosted by Alex Payne. Uh, Friday the 8th of May, the 90s, and the professional era with uh, Bruce Aitchison. The week after, on the 15th of May, the noughties, hosted by Jill Douglas, who's the CEO of the Doddy Weir Foundation. And then Friday the 22nd of May, the, what do we call the 2010 onwards, Uh, which is going to be hosted by Big Jim Hamilton. So please do have a look uh, at the What's On section of uh, the Doddy Weir Foundation website. If you're not sure uh, and you're listening, just type into Google Doddy Weir Foundation and it'll come straight up. So thank you once again for listening. Thank you once again for watching. We are a YouTube show and a podcast. We're available on ACAS, Spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts from. Don't forget when you dig in the garden and you don't want to be disturbed, download all of our other episodes as well uh we'll see you next week please catch up with us on social media on twitter instagram and facebook just search for 22 dropouts stay safe stay well stay home and we'll see you all next week good night from me good night from my 22 good night. night